Well, I want to say thank you to Amy. I texted her last night and said, uh, would you consider leading a few extra Christmas songs this morning? And I maybe have gone, went a little too far. I said five or six. <laughs> but I thank you. Uh, I told her in my text, we have four Sundays of Advent, but we only have one of Christmas. And so the Christmas carols sort of get left out. Uh, we don't sing as many as I like. This morning, Josh started out with the day after. And I found this poem yesterday while I was looking for stuff. The day after Christmas. And it's by A. Janine Quillam. "'Twas the day after Christmas and all through the house. The kids were all stirring, both mom and her spouse. All the stockings were down. The chimney was bare. It looked like a party had taken place there. The tots were busy playing with toys on their beds while visions of bills danced in mom and dad's head. The children were happy and they thought there, would, there had been a red stuffed elf that brought presents again. They heard he has jolly and with toys in a sleigh he came down the chimney before Christmas Day. It's sad that these little ones have never been told the truth about Christmas, God's gift long ago. That God sent a Savior to all men on earth, and this was the day we celebrate his birth. That we could, that they could have Jesus in their hearts every day, his love to be with them as they sleep and pray and play. But this day after Christmas, as in years before, God's love, like a gift, lay unwrapped on the floor. Along with the trappings of all of a of a long Christmas bash covered with wrap, wrappings, it was thrown in the trash, and there was God hoping to see each little face filled with the wonder of Jesus saving grace. But God is long suffering and willing to wait and another whole year or as long as it takes for the truth about Christmas to come shining through his gift of a savior for me and for you. I thought of, I had thought about this a long time before uh, Christmas even came. What happens the day after? It's often a day of letdown. We, it's like any other party that happens. You anticipate and you anticipate, and when it's over, it's a crash. Well, and that's what that story, that poem was about. Uh, there's another story that I read. A very wealthy family in England was doing a, a celebratory bash for their infants. Uh, they didn't call it a baptism, but basically that type of thing. And they invited all their wealthy friends to come, and they were having this big old party, and they carried the coats in and tossed them on a bed, and all of a sudden they realized there was no baby. And it sort of follows the same story. The, the party was so much to take over that they missed, and when they found the baby, he was nearly suffocated under a pile of coats because they were too busy celebrating and not paying attention 
to the baby. Well, I want to turn to Luke chapter 2 for just a couple verses. Uh, the Christ of Christmas, and I, I'm not planning to read the Christmas story this morning, so don't get all worried about that. There's only three verses, but I want, you, I want us to think about what Christmas means. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 17 to 20. And when they had, this is talking about the shepherds now, they had come, come and found the baby. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, which was told them concerning this child, and all that heard it wondered at these things, which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. There's three words in that short little section. The one word is not given, but the other two are. And I went to Strong's Concordance, and this is the only place that the word pondered is used in the Bible. That Mary pondered these things. We have Christmas traditions. You all do. You do something. Uh, it's like one guy said, we do Christmas traditions can be weird. And one of the things he said is we sit around a dead tree eating candy canes. We picked off the thing. Uh, which if you're at my house, Raphael loves candy canes. He can almost clean one side of a tree off in, in a couple of days. Uh, he loves his candy canes. But it's the traditions. We get caught up in what's out there. The beauty of it, the fun of it, the wonder gets left out. And when you think about Christmas, there were angel visits. Mary had one. And there was a teenage pregnancy. There was a tax. And when you start putting all these things together from where Mary was at, the angel visit, the tax, of course, then there was a trip to Bethlehem. And of course, when they got there, there was no room. And God was born in that stable. And of course, then the angels made the announcement, and Mary heard that through the shepherds. And everybody wondered about what the shepherds had to say. But it says, Mary pondered these things in her heart. And what I'd like you to get is, meditate on what Christmas is. Yeah, I know, I know there's people that don't celebrate Christmas. They think it's not the thing to do. Uh, and I know that it has gone extremely commercial in our time today. But if it wasn't for Christmas, there would be no Good Friday. There would be no Easter. And there would be no Pentecost or Ascension Day. Those are all days that followed because of what Christmas is. So I'd like you to think about, follow Mary's train of thought, the things she heard and saw in that list from the time she was told by the angel Gabriel that she was going to be uh, covered by the Holy Spirit and she's going to be expecting a child. Follow that 
What did that woman think about? What? She was only a teenager. Some of them think she could have been as young as 12. But most of them think somewhere in the ages of 14, 13, 14, 15. But that's the age. And when she sat in that stable and she heard the shepherds make their announcement, now she had another thing to put in her list of things. And when you think about the miraculous way everything ties together. Uh, I didn't take time. I was going to, but I soon realized that if I did, uh, it would be a long, long sermon. If you take time to sit down and dig out the prophecies that are just listed in these eight or nine things I never mentioned. And I'm sure Mary probably didn't know them, but I think Joseph probably did. But in that, she put him in her heart and she meditated on who Christ is. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But as of right now, he is Savior of the world. He is not King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Not everything's been put under his control yet. God's going to. Don't, don't even think that he's not. But right now, his mission our mission is to present a savior to the world. The second word is to wander. And that one has to do with the shepherds. When they came back and told people, everybody wondered about this. The shepherds were considered the lowest of the lowest. Uh, if you even go back to uh, the Old Testament and Joseph, the shepherds were an abomination to the Egyptians. That's how low they were. And so that's why Joseph sent them off yonder so they would not mingle with the Egyptians because they were considered the lowest of the low. In fact, they were considered, if they saw a crime committed, you did not ask a shepherd who saw it to testify against the person because nobody believed him. And so the, that's how low they were. They were unbelievable people. And yet here they are coming in and going out proclaiming the glory of God and the things they had seen and heard. And you know, if you go back to Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 1, it says, Who hath believed our report? Who hath believed it? And of course here they didn't. I thought about it this morning. The wise men came to Jerusalem. And they asked, where is the king of the Jews? And who told them where they were? The scribes told exactly where he was. In Bethlehem of Judea. Oh, but did you notice? They didn't bother to go look. It never says a word about any of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the priests. doesn't say anything about them going to look. Herod sent these three, four, five, who knows how many wise men to go look. But not a single Jew went to go look. And I look at that and I think, if you knew where he was to be born, why wouldn't you go look? Why wouldn't you at least go, send somebody to go look? But nobody went and looked. 
So the shepherds were the ones that proclaimed it. And everybody wondered because these guys were considered the unbelievable ones. They had all kinds of tales and stories about things that supposedly happened. And here they were talking about angels and all this. And so people wondered, did, what, what's actually going on? And the last one is the one I'd like to spend a little more time on, is to proclaim. To praise God, to glorify God. And that's what the shepherds did. They proclaimed it. <clears throat> John 3.16, of course, is the, the verse where it says, Jesus said, His only begotten Son. He proclaimed him there. And in John, in John chapter 4, he said to the woman at the well, Knowest thou the gift of God? To proclaim. Jesus proclaimed himself there. He just said, do you know? In Romans 6, verse 23, the Apostle Paul wrote, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Thanks be to God for his, and depends what, re, uh, what uh, translation you have. Some it's his uh, unspeakable gift. Uh, others are his incredible gift. Uh, but that was a gift. And then in Ephesians 2, verse 8, he says, By grace are ye saved through faith. And he ends that with, It is the gift of God. And then, of course, the Great Commission gives us a command to go and proclaim that gift. There's five things that came to me when I was putting things together. And one of them is, the first one is, Share your story. It's something that doesn't get done very often. Share your story. Tell people. And this in particular, I think, is, is needed in families to tell your story of how you became a Christian. What brought you to the Lord? It's one of the things we did years and years ago. I think one Sunday night a month, we would have one or two open testimonies that somebody was tapped to tell their story. But tell your story. It's how the next generation learns about God. How they, how they also learn to trust him and how they learn to obey. So the first one in that list of five is tell your story. Make sure they know. The second one is share your gifts. Uh, not just your talents that you have been given, but when you give a gift to somebody and you share it, Share the Christmas story somehow. doesn't have to be long. In that gift. How, it, how 
you can share a little bit of it. And of course your talents, the things you can do. Uh, I was just, <clears throat> I was delivering cinnamon rolls on Friday and I stopped over at Chris and Barbara Willie's to drop theirs off. And Barb is, Deborah, is she 82, 83? 82. Chris is probably at least 10 years younger, maybe more. Uh, but she came out and she said, you guys have no idea how you blessed me with those Christmas carols. She just, and I, if she said it once, she probably said it three or four times. You have no idea the blessing that was. And I really feel bad about it because it's the first time we've gone to sing for them. They've always, I've always not considered them to be that old. <laughs> and so we never, we never got that far. But she said it a number of times. So share. Share what you have, your gifts, your talents, and also your physical gifts that can be given away to touch someone. Third one is share your hope. First Peter says, be always ready to give an answer for the hope. And one guy said, the hope that you have is a cosmetic feature to the world. They're going to want to know why. And so I say to you and to me and to all of us, put that hope up here. Don't just keep it down here. Put it up here. People want to know what's going on in your life if you have a joy and a hope that shows. If you don't have that, then uh, I'm not sure you got much to share. So, uh, But share your hope. Share the, the hope of eternal life. Number four, share your love. Share your love with the people around you in whatever way you want to share it. Uh, if it's baking things and passing them out, if it's making gifts, uh, the story is told of a young guy. He was in school but had terrible learning disabilities. But the principal noticed that one thing he did have was very good uh, uh, design and hand control. He could design something in his head and he could draw it on a piece of paper. And so he took him out of school and sent him to a tech school to learn woodworking. And he would make wood gifts all the time and in his younger years to sell. But he, in his late 70s, early 80s, he started making toys by the hundreds for Salvation Army because children weren't going to have a toy any other way, some. And he said, I love it. I love to be there when the children come in. The greatest gift I get is to see the expression on the face. And I thought about that. You know, if you give something, I mean, I thought about our grandchildren. You know, certain things were given to them, their eyes just, light up like a Christmas tree. I mean, it's just, they're just overjoyed with it. 
And when I think about when I was growing up and our Christmas at home and what we got, and I think, you know, I didn't, I didn't know for years that you got anything else but what you needed. Uh, it wasn't until I was probably 10 or 11 years old that I realized that, you know, some people give a gift that you don't need. Uh, but we always had Christmas at our house. So share, share your love. Uh, it's one of the things I have thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, it comes every Christmas Eve when Marianne is baking cinnamon rolls. It is my day to talk to every single neighbor and find out who they are, how they're doing, what's happening. Uh, in fact, we have three new ones, four new ones. At least three new ones. Uh, and, and some of those I'd never met, but they were willing to give me names, ages. Some of them gave me ages. All of them gave me a telephone number to get, be able to get a hold of somebody. But the other thing that I have found interesting is Rachel went with me for years. She said probably from the time she was a toddler, so she was out of mom's way. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know when she actually started going. But they were here last weekend for Christmas. Now, granted, it's only two hours. But they, she and Rob made a special trip over on Thursday, Thursday evening they came in because she wanted to go along to deliver cinnamon rolls. She said it was always such a fun thing to be able to meet all the neighbors. And of course, she always accuses, she always says, Mom sent her along so Dad wouldn't talk too long. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, share your love. Feel free to, to do something for the people that are around you. And the last one in that list is share your church. Share your church. It's a time that you can talk to people. You can invite people to programs that may be the program that will bring them in on a regular basis. But share your church. Don't be afraid to share your church. Be willing to have things a little different sometime in your church. I'd like to close with a poem that Deborah found for me. Well, she read it to me, and I said I'd like to have it because it goes right with the, with the sermon this morning. It's by Howard Thurman, The Work of Christmas. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, and to make music in the heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this Christmas season. We thank you for this time of celebrating the birth of your Lord, of our Lord, and that he became 
the Savior of this world. Father, I thank you for the Christmas story, and I thank you that we can meditate on it and draw things from it. What people thought, what people felt. And Lord, I pray that we would be like Mary, that we would ponder or meditate on the things that happen. Thank you again for being here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.